Welcome to the Edge Talk Radio Network, your weekly source for information, empowerment, and connection. The Edge Magazine and its advertisers bring you inspired interviews and conversation on learning and healing, on our sacred journey, and on topics that expand beyond time and space. Now, welcome today's host. of Divinity with Dr. Julie Buckman. Happy August, everybody. The month of manifestation. It's the eighth month. The angels, we are going to be manifesting things a lot quicker this month. It's like you think it, it's going to happen. So happy, happy August. One of the things that I'd like to talk about, and I've talked about before, is self-empowerment is always knowing that we, as individuals, have the power to go within ourselves and bring the best that we have forward. This is the month to do it. Not only can you write down whatever it is you'd like to manifest, reread it, and it's going to happen. See yourself as the divine, loving light that you are, knowing that you have this ability. Thanking the Creator for everything, which leads us to the next thing. There's been many, many stories, many, many articles out right now talking about that when you connect, be careful of who, who you connect with. Many times in the last few months, I have talked about how I like to go up to the Creator or whoever you feel is your higher power. The Creator is for me. I connect with Him. And then before I connect with anything else, I always ask the Creator for guidance. And then I ask, would you please allow so-and-so to work with me? Maybe it's Archangel Michael. Maybe it's St. Philomena or St. Tildegard. Those are just a few that I work with quite a few times, as I've mentioned before. Oftentimes, it's important to know about some of the background. And let me just give you a little information about one of the spiritual guides that I work with. And again, it's all about self-empowering powering, and the belief that you have within yourself. That you can do this. Saint Philomena is a saint that I have worked with. She was a virgin martyr saint many 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 centuries ago. In fact she was actually a princess because her mom and dad owned a kingdom and the kingdom kept getting invaded by a neighboring king. And her mother and father decided to appeal to them because their people were suffering. So they took St. Philomena, who was right around 13, 14 years old, with them. She was extremely beautiful. And the story goes is that her parents were non-believers. And they wanted to conceive a child. So they had turned to Christianity. By turning to Christianity, they were able to conceive St. Philomena. So Philomena 
grew up knowing that this is what had happened. And when the king of this neighboring country saw how beautiful she was, inside and out, he said that he wanted to marry her. Well, the interesting thing with little Philomena, and she was tiny, is that she said, no, I'm already married. And her parents were like, no, you're not. And he says, well, I'm going to marry her. And she stood fast and she said, no, I am not going to get married. I'm already married to Jesus Christ. He is my, my husband. Well, the interesting thing with that is he tried everything to convince her and finally told her parents to go home and to come back. And when they came back, they were to have convinced her that she was to marry him. So what happened is she stood within her power. She stood within her beliefs. She went back home with her parents, and she came back. They say it was about nine months later. And the king again asked, will you be my wife? And she said, I can't. I can't because I am already married to Jesus. So what ended up happening is he threw her into the dungeon. And by throwing her into the dungeon, he thought that he would starve her and allow her not to have drink. So he couldn't figure out why she looked so rosy and healthy while she was getting food by angels that would be coming at night to her. So then he decided that he was going to scourge her like Jesus was scourged. So he went out and asked her the same thing, will you be my wife? And she said no. So then he scourged her and threw her back into the dungeon. And he was equally angry the next day because she had nothing wrong with her. The angels came and healed her. So he thought he would wait it out. And word of this had started to spread in the surrounding community. And many people were not Christians at the time. And they had started to change their faith. So the king, who was losing control over his people, began to panic. So then what he did is he decided once and for all he was going to break St. Philomena and make her his wife. So the night before it happened, the Virgin Mary came to her and she had said Philomena and she had complimented her on her faith and about how strong of a daughter she was and a wonderful wife to her son. And she said, just know, my dear Philomena, that things are going to be a lot worse, but once you pass into the spirit world, is pretty much what she was saying. Of course, I don't know the exact words. But once you pass, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So basically, what the Virgin Mary was doing was she was preparing St. Philomena for the torture that was going to be coming the next day. St. Philomena had promised she would stay strong. So that morning, the king went to the dungeon and he took her out. Once and for all, he was going to make Philomena his wife. So he took her to the nearby river, and he said to her, Philomena, will you become my wife? And she looked at him, and she said, No, I will not. I'm already married to Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. So what he ended up doing was he put a bunch of chains and a big anchor around Philomena. He draped it across her, and threw her into the river. Well, she actually wasn't in there very long because there were angels that came, took the chains off, allowed her as they lifted her up on their wings 
up out of the water, and she walked out of the water, out of the water, not even wet. So the king was a little bit rattled by that. So he decided to publicly humiliate her. So he decided to parade her down the street and convince her she needed to marry him. So as he's parading her, people who had heard of what had happened while she was in the cell and while what had just transpired, when they had some of them seen her come up on the angels and others had just heard it. They started to bow their heads and kneel down and pray to her and the king became very furious. So then what he did was he stopped and he said, Philomena, will you be my wife? And once again, she stood fast and she said, no, I will not. I am the Lord Jesus's wife. I'm already married. So the king ordered his soldiers to put flaming arrows in their bows and to send them over to St. Philomena, and which further infuriated him because half of them refused to do it. They got down on their knees and started to pray. The ones that did send the arrows over to Philomena so that she would burn, the angels appeared and turned those arrows around right in the air. And whoever had sent the arrows flaming towards Philomena, they went back to that individual and they perished. At this point, the king was beside himself and he just didn't know what to do. He went up to her and at that point and that quick, he just took his his um, axe and he had decapitated her. Now the reason I'm telling you this story is she is again, like I mentioned earlier before I started, she was one, she is one of the main individuals that I work with when I'm doing my communication. So I'll go up to the creator and St. Philomena is typically one that always steps forward. She loves her story told. She died a virgin saint. On the Catholic faith that I was raised in, I'm very spiritual at this point, but I still do have a very strong Catholic upbringing inside me, is the red and white cord of purity and virginity has been wrapped around St. Philomena's waist. Now, how do we know about St. Philomena? And this is another story. So this is her background. And people often say, well, how do you know this? I said, well, I, of course I read a book. Well, how else am I going to know? I wasn't there. But the interesting thing is, is that St. Philomena had not been known by anybody. So there were, I believe, a priest and a couple of individuals that were um, going to a burial ground of a saint. And when they started to uncover the first crypt of a saint, underneath was another crypt, and it had some said something to the effect of little Philomena, our patron virgin saint. This was in 1800, 1800 itself. And the interesting thing about that is nobody had heard of St. Philomena before this time. Obviously, she had lived many centuries before that. And when they opened it up, she was extremely well-preserved. It looked like she had just been laid down to go to sleep. But we're talking this was hundreds of years that she had been buried. So 
they ended up taking her out into the light. And back in the day, they would dress them very appropriately. And they had always saved the vials of blood. And the story goes that once that her uh, casket, catacomb, whatever you want to call it, crypt was opened, the vials of blood had turned to rubies and sapphires, and they were astounded at how peaceful she actually had looked. She was very, very well preserved. So there was a priest that was there, um, and I believe ended up being a bishop, and they were like, this is not normal. So they contacted the Pope. And they had been talking back and forth, back and forth, and finally they were like, okay, there's a reason for this, but nobody could figure out what her story was. And they had seen she had been buried underneath another saint. So they knew that she was pretty special, but they just didn't know why. And then when the vials had turned into the precious gemstones, they knew there was something more than meets the eye here. So the Pope, after going back and forth, the priest, the bishop, the Pope, they ended up, and there's a lot of that I don't know, but they ended up canonizing her, which is in the Catholic faith, meaning that she is now going to be a saint. And they had picked a saint's day for her. And it was the first week of August, believe it or not, the week, the month of manifestation. And the story goes, it was supposed to be like the fourth or the fifth, and then they were going to do the seventh. They went back and forth, and nobody knew exactly when she had passed on. Interestingly enough, when they started to take her body there to a nearby village, there was a woman there that decided she was going to make her new clothes, fitting for a patron saint. Then once they got the clothes ready, there was another that was making the cast of her, the way she looked, to preserve her. Long story short, one of them, one of the nuns, were praying in a church to St. Philomena. And she was saying, I wish I knew your story. And then there appeared a beautiful young lady out of nowhere. And she started to talk to this woman. And she says, I am Philomena. And even though they were thinking of changing the date of when my feast would be, which was still in August, she said, do not worry. It will go back to the day. And again, I apologize. I can't remember if it was the 4th or 5th of August and then they were going to change it to 7th or they went back. But she told him the exact day, which was in the first week of August, when she had perished. And she told him the story that I had just told you. Now, the interesting thing with that is this nun that was praying wrote it all down. And she sent it off to the Pope. This was over in either Italy or Spain. I'm getting it might be Spain. And so then what happened was here in the United States on the same day that this woman had written down the story of St. Philomena, she also appeared to a nun here in the States. She wrote down the same story. Both women sent it into the Pope. Both stories were identical. 
So now we have the story of what had happened to St. Philomena, approximate age, she was 13 to 14 years old, and they were able to attach her story as to why she was buried at such a young age and well-preserved. So they decided to make a very beautiful um, shrine for her over in Italy. And so, or Spain, excuse me, over up in Spain in the mountains. And as they were making it, people came by, would pray, and miracles had started to happen. When it was finally complete on the very first night that St. Philomena had rested, it was a see-through, like, uh, casket where she was laid. And the first night, people had thought somebody had vandalized it. But what had happened is it had not been vandalized. They thought that someone had gone in there, opened, changed her position, changed the color of her clothing, and closed her back up. Well, this happened quite often because you've got to remember, when you're working with a 13 or 14-year-old, they have that interesting sense of humor. She has a very good sense of humor. And so she likes to change the position of the way she's laying. She likes to change her clothing. She likes to change a lot of different things. Well, part of this process, individuals kept some of her old clothes and passed it on. And if you know anything about, like, the Catholic faith, they talk about the different relics. It's the, it's the um, first generation relic, second, third. Well, there was pieces of her clothing that had been given out as a first relic. There was a priest that in the 1950s, 60s, and I could have the dates mixed up a little bit, I believe it was the 50s, actually received a piece of her clothing as a relic. And whenever you read the story of St. Philomena, she's very endearing. That's my opinion. I just adore her. She's been such a huge help in with my medium work, with the different types of healing, because the divine and whoever asks help works through me. She, again, like I've mentioned previously a few times now, is one of the main individuals that helps. And what's so fascinating about that is the Virgin Mary comes through an awful lot too. And with the Virgin Mary and talking with her, she always says, I will deny Philomena nothing. So when you have St. Philomena working with you and through you, using you as that tool, what's fascinating is that there is nothing that will be denied her. She is an amazing, beautiful, beautiful being. And the other piece to that is that because there is nothing that she's denied, there is nothing that your faith can't manifest. Gratitude, humbleness, and asking. So what happened is even St. Teresa, one of the earlier St. Teresa's, was crippled. They carried her up to the shrine to where St. Philomena was on a stretcher. And after she prayed to St. Philomena, she actually walked down part of the mountain of where she's at. She walked down by herself. The other piece to that is St. Philomena has three shrines. One's up in 
Spain. I believe it is Spain, up in the mountains. We have one here in Wisconsin. One in Briggsville, Wisconsin. So Briggsville, Wisconsin is actually only about 9 to 10 miles outside of the Wisconsin Dells. An extremely tiny little town. Very nice town, because I've been there. And then you see the Shrine of St. Philomena. And it's not a very big shrine. But it's a very, very spiritual place. Because with her sense of humor, she ended up becoming the, per se, girlfriend. This is kind of a, a little ongoing joke between this one priest in the 50s who had a piece of her clothing. He absolutely loved St. Philomena. Loved her pureness, her innocence, and the whole story of her. So he decided that he was going to build a shrine in Wisconsin. And he contacted the Pope and got all the appropriate okays. He was in his 70s, walking with a cane, and had, I believe, severe arthritis. He, was, he had a hard time. When he came and decided to do Briggsville, they moved him and this little 14, 15-year-old boy, moved 40 thousand pounds of stone and he said when I arrived I told my little girlfriend meaning Philomena that I was going to do this for her and he, you know, he never asked for help he just prayed all the time and the next morning he felt like an extremely young man like in his 40s he was able to put the cane away and walk without pain and that's how him and this young boy built this small shrine to St. Philomena. And what he did is he built the shrine the exact size of the dungeon that she had lived in while she was being tortured. And on top of that, he had contacted, it was either Italy or Spain, to have a replica of the way she looks come and stand and in there he included the chains that had been wrapped around her you can see her anchor you see the sword that they used to decapitate her and you also see the arrows and this is all on the statue and then again he made the shrine the size of what her actual cell was so it's not a very big shrine like I've mentioned he said the night that she arrived, she was so excited that in the box, you could hear pounding. You could hear her jumping around in there. She wanted out. She wanted out. And again, the next day, they opened it up, and they put, they put her out there. Now, this has been around for quite a while, and it's extremely well-preserved, and they have um, a large part of the story of St. Philomena. Um, the different novenas that you can pray to her. But what's very nice is that there is nothing that she will not grant you if you ask in a correct way. So in honor for all the help she did, I decided to take her a dozen roses. White roses, I've always liked those, plus it signifies purity. And I went there and I paid my homage to her and I gave her the roses. And I went down to see my sister in Illinois, and I came back the next day. 
And the place where I usually get the roses, they don't last too long. They were beautiful. They had opened up. I added more water. They were just stunning. And I took a picture of them. Well, the reason that is so important is that I created an oracle deck because I got my master herbalist and one of my projects was at that point to take the herbs and I chose to match it with a stone. I put over 200 hours in this, this deck and then I took only three hours to channel the information on the opposite side of the cards. It was like 28 cards or so that depicts the meaning of the cards and it combines the meaning of the the flower or the herb with one of the stones. The flower flowers that I gave or gave to St. Philomena, I took a picture of the roses and there's one rose that really stood out. And so inside this deck I have the rose that I had given to St. Philomena and it's stunning. And it's also the main backs to the cards that you can write your own on and the introductory card. That rose is signifies Saint Philomena because she's very near and dear to my heart. She has done amazing things in the practice that I have. And it just felt very appropriate that I relate her story because this is the month of manifestation. This is her month. In 1967, the Catholic Church no longer um, has a saint day for her. They had so many saints that they ended up taking some of the days and removing some of the canonized saints. They're still canonized, but they're not recognized on specific days. But I just felt that since it was the month of August, the month of manifestation, who better to pay tribute to for the sacrifice that she gave and she is still out there and to teach us that we can do anything we can we put our minds to. She is a living example of that. She always worked from the heart and she never gave up what her belief was. And with all the articles out there stating how there's so many different things that can come through when you're doing your work unless you go up to the Creator. And like I've said in the beginning and other, other sessions, is that I always say that I always go up, ask the Creator to bring them through. And one of the main ones that I ask for is Archangel Michael, St. Philomena, St. Hildegard. Virgin Mary comes through an awful lot for me, and I've said this all before. Gabriel, Raziel, Uriel, Raphael, there's some other ones that come through. But St. Philomena, I can always tell when I'm doing the channeling of the healing work. I can always tell when she's around because her hands are very tiny. She's a very tiny little individual. But the strength that she radiates is amazing. And she usually slips her hands underneath mine. And she has done miracles on individuals. And I just thank her all the time because she wants her story to be told. She's one of those little saints that individuals 
don't know that she even exists. And there isn't anything she won't do to help. And she has that cute little trickster type prank uh, personality. But when it comes to humanity, she has a huge, huge heart. The month of August, the month of 2016, or the year of 2016, people are talking about manifesting. We double the manifestation pretty much in August, and we work from our heart center. Because as the light workers out there, we know it's not us. Give credit where credit is due. It's coming from the divine and the helpers from the other side. So I just, I, I absolutely adore, love St. Philomena. And I felt it was very important that I would use this time to explain her story, especially for the month of August, because it is her month. So, again, how do you invoke her? You just go up to the Creator, as you know it, ask Him for help, ask Him for protection, and then ask who it is you want to come down and help you. And there isn't anything she won't help you manifest as long as you're doing it from the heart, led by your heart. I'd like to thank everybody. You have a wonderful August. And just to let you know, I have a very good friend that is doing a 2016 Equinox Symposium. Saturday, September 10th from 10 to 5. It's at the Dance Life Ballroom in 20, uh, 6015. Lindale Avenue, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. There are some tickets that are available. It's going to be a gathering of psychics, healers, and a touch of the paranormal with psychic readings, doTERRA products, aura healings, fairies, angel paintings, shamanic healers, teachers, rocks, crystals, crystal ball and medium galleries, and a lecture on the haunted and mysterious Minnesota tickets. They can be found at ghostlady.net and ticketbud.net. Dot com. Again, it is put on by Spirit Communications and Company. When? August or September 10th, Saturday, September 10th, from 10 to 5 at the Dance Life Ballroom. You have a wonderful month, and I'll talk to you again in September. Thank you again for listening. You can reach me at Dr. Julie Buckman, Integrated Intuition, to see my upcoming events. I am having a basic shaman class the first weekend in September. It is a Saturday from 10 to 4 and Sunday from 12 to 5. Need to pre-register for that. That can be found on my website. You have a wonderful, wonderful month once again. Until next time.